0: Hello and welcome to Systemize Your Success. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking all about how to use a virtual assistant to help you with social media organic marketing. Now, this is coming from a position of having done this myself. Uh, We're in the top 3% of all podcasts globally, uh, and a huge amount of that success, I believe, is uh, down to us having a consistent plan and a consistent method for getting our Content out there onto social media across all different platforms. We produce around fifteen to twenty unique pieces of content from every single one of these videos or or podcasts that I produce, and that's then published about a hundred times in different channels and different groups, etc., across all the different uh, many different social media platforms such as Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter, um, to name a few, and also onto my blog, into my email list. Uh, into our Facebook group and um, other areas that I can't think of off the top of my head. And the point is that I do all of this without any doing any of the work myself. It happens seamlessly in the background. And today, I'm going to be talking about how I've done this with very little experience, uh, very little knowledge to start with. And I've done this consistently or done this progressively over the period of about 18 months and built this up uh, using people with no experience whatsoever. And this is the longest introduction I've ever done for a podcast, but there you go. Let's kick off. Okay, so as I mentioned in, in the intro, today we're going to be really digging into how you can utilize a virtual assistant to help with your social media marketing. Now, in our case, and I'm going to talk you through you know, the real life, what we have done. I'm going to walk you through what we did in the beginning, um, if I can think of any of the mistakes we made along the way, which was there's been many of those, uh, I'll share those with you as well, and really tell you how we've got to this point of now having you know, huge amounts of content produced, I think to a very high standard published across all the different channels that I that I, that I want to. And it's done entirely without my input. Literally all I do is I show up, I record the podcast as I'm doing right now as, as I'm speaking to you, uh speaking to you, doing this live. And then that just sort of dissipates across the social media world, across the internet, onto our blog, into emails, et cetera, et cetera. And we consistently are growing our audience as a direct result, I believe, of that. And we track quite a lot of this. I know that this does make a big impact, and you know, just to put it in perspective, we're in the top three percent of all podcasts globally, according to Listen Notes, and we we're getting onto you know, we're in the thousands um, of downloads every single month, and so I'm really proud of that. It's taken about eighteen months to get to this point, and um, and it's growing at faster each month. So let's go back to the beginning and how this this all started. I'm not talking about the podcast. I'm not going to talk about how we set up the podcast and launched that today. I'm going to talk about how we are publishing the podcast or promoting, I should say, the podcast across different social media channels. Now, if you don't have a podcast, this is still massively relevant because if you write blogs, if you create videos on YouTube, if you uh, do your TikTok shorts or whatever it is you do, and you want to get more eyes on the channel of your choice. I've chosen to do podcasts and sort of YouTube is my secondary channel because we put everything out there on videos. Um, but the idea is that once you produce this bit of content, you've done the hard work, you know, you've you've thought about what you're going to say, you've gone to the effort of recording it, and now you need to get as many eyeballs on this as possible. That's what I'm talking about. It doesn't matter to me what type of medium you are using, just pick the one that you find the easiest to do. For me, I love doing video and therefore audio sort of comes second to that. And so that's why I chose podcasts and YouTube. But don't do what I did in the early days before I actually launched my podcast and you know try and do a bit of everything. Pick one channel and get that going. And as I described today, the rest of it will just happen organically. It'll just be able to fall into place because you're producing content on one channel over time. You can spread that out like I do across all the different mediums that you choose. And then as your company grows and you've got more um, money, you can get people to work on the SEO of individual parts of it. You can tweak things and make it better. But the idea is just to get started and to actually start doing something consistently. If I rewind before I really put a plan into place for this, and this is, you know, I'm going back to time where I had staff, I had people in my employment, I had virtual assistants and I was producing quite a lot of content, actually probably more content, a lot more content than I do now. But it was getting less eyeballs on it. I was putting much more time into actually producing it, but I wasn't really getting uh, the results that I, I'm getting now, despite all my hard work. And the problem was that I was really doing it all. I was the person that was going onto social media and commenting and posting and you know coming thinking out what image I'm going to use here. I didn't think I could really afford you know, an agency to do that. And I'll get onto that in a second. So um, I sort of ended up doing a lot myself. I tried to sort of get my, my assistants to do stuff, but it wasn't really a plan in place. So it didn't often go very well. And then fast forward to you know when I launched my podcast and I started doing something regularly and we started putting a system into place and we use what we call the the perfect process pipelines. Uh, methodology, which is a system I've created for mapping out complex multi-step, multi-person, multi-task, uh, and multi-app processes, and then get delegation those out and manage them really efficiently. And we've used that process, that perfect process, pipelines process, to really map out what we do. We started simple, we built it up over time, and that is the key. So what are the reasons you want to want to do this? Why would you bother hiring a, or using an existing or a new virtual assistant, with like in my my case, the person who does it for me had zero experience in social media when she started. Um, she didn't. She did have a Facebook account, but she never really logged into it, and she'd never been on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. So why would I choose her to come and help me with my social media? Well, for me, it was a case of I saw she was a competent person she was able to do high quality work i trusted her i'd, she, I'd worked with her for a while so i was sure that if i you know got her on this and got her brain involved in it then it would it would work you know we we would make a headway with it so it was someone i trusted and therefore i thought that was um a good reason to give it a go i couldn't at the time i didn't think i could afford an agency i'd also worked with agencies in the past and i found that i spent a lot of time providing them with all the content and giving them feedback and stuff and i didn't really feel that actually doing it in-house, it was going to cost me anything more in terms of time, but it would definitely save me money. I also wanted to build this up in my business. I wanted this skill set in my business. like It's a crucial piece. Marketing is something that in the early days I did really sporadically and badly. And I wanted to change that and not be reliant on third parties and consultants and agencies. I wanted to start building up some organic marketing within my own company, so I can be more self-sufficient, and I wanted ultimately more control over it. I wanted to be able to really direct where the which angle we would go, which 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 things we would do or not, and to and do so without getting hugely influenced by by somebody else. I'm not saying I don't take advice, though. And I'll come to this in a minute about how we get the expertise in. If I, you know, I don't know what I'm doing and my staff doesn't know what I'm doing and how do we work out what to do. Of course, I get advice. I pay for, for coaching and courses and trainings and consultancy and mentorship, all that. And I'll come to that in a second. But it's not about me trying just to wing it. It's just that I wanted to do it our way. And I wanted to keep that in-house and I wanted to build that skill set up. So I was also be able to control costs. I could actually utilize my team's additional hours so when i didn't have work for them you know with regular work you know it wasn't filling up their diaries on that particular day and i was able to then use some of the extra hours that people had both ron who actually did the all, all of the setup and the creation assistance for me but also we could then delegate the repetitive stuff down to other people so we could just basically fill up people's diaries so it was almost using up the time that was spare within my existing team so it was really cost effective for me, um the reason you might want not want to do this is you know you have no interest in social media and no interest in actually bringing this in house, and you're quite happy to pay an agency to um to actually uh, do all this setup for you and just take over the control of it and have their big take on it and really do it their way. And if, and if you're happy with that, then it, arguably it would be quicker. You probably get faster results, um but you're going to pay for it, and you're going to keep on paying for it forever until you eventually. Um, decide to take it in-house if you do. Um, The other thing that I found I've really enjoyed this process is of making mistakes, of figuring out what works. I've learned so much about marketing and social media and all the things I'm going to talk about in a second with how we actually tweak our content and constantly improve it each week and each month. We constantly improve the reach we get by doing lots of really simple things. And in the process, we're learning Along the way, and then bringing that skill set or bring that knowledge into our company, locking it in in our systems, and then we've got that forever going forward. No matter you know if my staff member who now runs this leaves, it's fine. I've documented everything; someone else can literally just take that up and continue it in their absence, or if that person goes on holiday, or whatever. I've got that covered. So because I've built this up over, over time, because I've documented everything I do in our in our process pipelines methodology, then I am I feel confident that we've now created something that will just continue to grow, continue to be improved without my involvement at all. And, um, and will, it will continue to add value to the, my business as we grow into the future. And, of course, we might get agencies to help us out with bits and bobs going forward. And i have just working with someone on LinkedIn, actually, and they're going to actually help us with running some LinkedIn stuff. So I'm not against the idea of, of using coaches and, and agencies for certain parts, not at all. But I'm just saying you don't need them. Uh, And I've proven that by what I'm going to talk about now. So that's all the reasons why. That's the reasons why I think it's a good idea to keep it in-house. You can definitely utilize low-cost virtual assistants for this. You don't need anybody with any previous experience. You need somebody who is competent. And this is actually the key thing here. One of the big takeaways from this is don't just assume that somebody in your team is going to want to do this and therefore they're going to be good at it. You don't need somebody, as I say, with experience, but with whenever you are delegating out a, a new task like this, a new a new project that's going to be something that's ongoing, it's going to actually take a lot of time to actually get right. And there's going to be a lot of trial and error and improvement and learning along the way. You need somebody who wants this. So the first thing you do when you're trying to set something up, you know, your system up, is to actually identify someone in your team that actually wants to learn about social media, wants to learn about organic marketing, wants to improve their skills in that area, because then they're going to love you for asking them to do it because you're basically going to pay them to get trained up in doing a skill they want to have. So they get a win out of this. Their CV it gets improved. You get a win out of it because they're keen to go and learn and find out more and put lots of effort in and maybe do some out of hours reading and research because they want to just you know shine and, and show off how good they've got. And so if you find that person or not if, you got to find that person. If you don't have Anyone in your existing team that actually puts their hand up and says, Yeah, yeah, I'm really keen on doing this, then go out and find somebody that is and put a job posting out there looking for someone who's interested in improving their skills in social media. And great, if they've got a bit of skill set they can bring along to the table and they can add some ideas and stuff, then that's cool, but it's not necessary. So the first thing I did, and I'm going to talk you through the process that I went through. And the first thing that I did was I started replicating what I personally was doing. So when I first launched this podcast, I didn't have anybody in a seat to help me to actually do any of the marketing whatever. So I did actually the launch pretty much by myself. And a lot of that was about posting just into my social media channels I had at the time. So it was basically Facebook. We had a Facebook group. We still have one, uh, Systems and Outsourcing Community. So we've got the Facebook group and I put them into there and I put it into my channel and uh, sending messages out via Facebook Messenger. And so all I did to begin with was that whenever I produced an episode, I then got my assistant to start doing what I was doing. And this is one of the fundamental things we teach um, in our coaching programs, in our, um, our mentorship programs. Is about you need to free yourself up, free your time up first before you have the time and headspace to start thinking about sort of the higher value stuff in your business. And so by just simply recording what I was actually doing, and taking the status quo as the, the 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 baseline, so to speak, I didn't think about how could I make this into the, the best uh, promotional system in the world. How and never my my dream when I started this out, I made my dream, but my my ambition in the first month or the first six months was not to get to the top three percent of all podcasts, I have thousands, and thousands of people downloading my podcast every month. It was just to stop doing it myself, and that's a really good starting point. Is to say, look, whatever I'm currently doing to promote the content that I'm producing. How can I not do that anymore, but still get it done? And so by recording what you're doing and then handing that over to somebody else and then letting them basically take over doing what you're doing already, it means you're now freed up some time. And that is a great starting point to go from. From from there, you can then think about how do I improve what I'm doing? And the easiest way, I think, to do this, and this is a lesson I've taken from a number of coaches, one of them being Russell Brunson, who talks about the Dream 100 and about emulating the great influences out there. And so this is a lesson that I've definitely borrowed from him and from other people that I've been coached by. And it's really simple. And the way that we do this, our take on this, is that I identify some key people who I want to emulate their style I want to. They have a similar audience to me, so a similar target market. And I choose those people, and I look at their, you know, their, their, their Instagram feeds and their YouTube feeds, or whatever it is that you. The first channel you're going to go on, and we're going to start small. We're going to start with one channel. To be clear here, you're going to pick the one channel that um, that you're most familiar with, and you're going to find your influencer on that channel now. For me, I actually picked Neil Patel, if you want to know, as somebody that I wanted to emulate. Uh, I then asked my assistant to go and subscribe to Neil Patel's uh, uh, YouTube channel, to look on his Instagram, to look on his Facebook. At the time we started with Facebook, so I'm getting ahead of myself. We go onto Facebook uh, and we go and find Influencer on Facebook, and then we look at what posts do they do about the content so when they write a new blog when they post a new podcast when they put a new video on youtube how do they promote it well, on their facebook channel Now maybe they write an article in facebook and then repurpose it but but, but whatever your medium is whatever the thing that you are doing whether it's you know uh, whether it is a blog a youtube an insta uh, sorry uh, uh, a podcast for example you know it doesn't really matter what the thing is. It's how they promote it, how they talk about it in their posts and then direct people back to the content. And I'll come to that where that content should be in a second. But all you're now going to do is say to your assistant, okay, follow that person, watch they watch they do, go back through their feed, find out all the posts they've done, take some screenshots, and then go into Canva and start creating um you know one or two templates looking similar in stand structure to that, to that person apply your brand to it to so put your logo on it um, put your brand colors onto it you know whatever the fonts you use for example and then copy the structure of the the content as well how long are these posts how short are they are they bullet points you know do they have smiley faces on them you know what resonates with you but also what are the influencers doing influencers spend a lot of time split testing the way they should post. And so all we're doing is borrowing all that hard work that they've done by um, emulating what they are currently doing. And you know maybe they're testing ideas and and um, what they do will change over time. So you need to continually do this, continually be watching how they're doing stuff and seeing what's changing. And this, again, is a concept uh, really taken from Russell Brunson's The Dream 100 in a, a great book Called um, uh, marketing secrets, if you're interested, and no, sorry, traffic secrets um, is his book. And so um, we've we've now got a a structure of our posts, and now we're going to look at the cadence of our posts. How frequently do these people do them? Again, it's not guesswork. We're literally just going to copy how frequently these people post onto that specific channel you're talking about. And so once you've got your channel, you've got. The, one t- the, the, the piece of content you're going to put out there, you know how often it's going to be posted about because you're copying somebody. You know the style because you're copying somebody. Um, you you basically um, can copy, if you're doing video, you can copy the video editing style um, and you can, you can the hashtags. You can copy the hashtag style. I'm not saying use the same hashtags. I'm saying have a look at the hashtags they use, maybe borrow a few of the good ones, and then add in the ones that are relevant to you and your business. And by that way, it's you're basically allowing somebody to um, produce really high quality work, which you hope is going to get good reach because you're basically emulating someone Someone you think is actually a really good influencer, um, but without having to do a lot of the learning yourself. And then we use Canva to create templates for our posts. And um, we, as I say, we emulate what what the uh, influencers are doing. And then once we created, to begin with, literally created one template, we put that out there. Oh, I think at the beginning, if I remember, I created, I said, go and create me a, like six, a half a dozen different templates. And then I picked the ones I liked. So we you know, picked two or three that we liked. And then we just iterated it. And every week we'd create a couple more templates until we had a bank of, I think we've got about 20 or 30 uh, templates now we use on different things. And we resize them now for the different um, uh, different mediums, whether it's Instagram or TikTok or whatever. You know, We resize them using Canvas, super easy to do. And then so we've actually got maybe 60 different templates now that we use across all the channels. And we just change the copy. We change the images, um, maybe change the background color now and again, and uh, just to mix them up a bit. But we don't now have to produce any templates because we did this over a period of weeks. And we did it slow. We didn't go out there and say, hey, can you produce... 30 new templates. It's like, no, just do a couple to begin with, and then one a week, two a week, and just built that library up over time until we got to a point where we're now going back to the beginning and just cycling it through every single time. So It's very little work now for my staff to actually produce professionally uh, looking content. And one of the things though, when we're talking about in the beginning days and what we did well, I think, in this is we were we were really slow to grow. So We got out there and we started doing one type of post, like in Facebook, to promote our podcast. And we got that nailed. We created the templates, like I said. We got the cadence right. We mapped that out. We created our process pipeline for that. And then when that was functioning entirely without my input, it only took a few weeks to do this. I then moved on to the next thing. We then looked at uh, Instagram next. And then we looked at LinkedIn. Then we looked at TikTok. And somewhere in the middle, we started publishing to to YouTube. Um, And in each instance, we were doing the same thing. We would find uh, influence or a number of influencers. We'd copy their styles. We'd see what was working for them, and then we'd get basically create a system for emulate, emulating them, but then applying our content and our style and our brand guidelines to those. Uh, you know what we were actually in inverted commas copying from our the, the influence that we were following, and that's how we slowly built it up over time. Now couple of things to note in the early days um I, I think this is one of the things that really helped in the beginning for us is that we we didn't forget our existing lists and now you know it, it seems obvious but i'm going to say it anyway so when i produce a new podcast and i didn't do this actually no i didn't do this in the very beginning i'm i'm, I'm saying so in the very beginning i didn't do this and we started doing this and we saw a big pickup in our listener rate. So we've got a, you know a, a modest list of email contacts and so we get you know, a, a decent open rate, 30 to 40% open rate of our emails. And so, but I know in the beginning, we send people updates about our podcast. I thought, oh no, uh, I'm just going to be sending them, you know, annoying them or whatever. Whatever the barrier is in your head to not doing this, but don't have that. Like you're producing some really valuable content in whatever it is you're doing. Uh, otherwise you wouldn't be producing it, I hope. Uh, and then so <clears throat> giving that, to like letting your audience, your existing audience, you you know, like and trust you, letting them know you produce a new piece of content and telling them where to get it. You know, that's actually helpful for them. And we've seen that that when we actually email our clients, they click on the links and go, "Okay, yeah, I want to listen to that." And so, um, we we didn't do that again. We started doing that, and it was really helpful. So don't ignore your existing list. Um, and yeah, and one last thing about getting this all set up is as soon as you started. The, the the promotion uh, funnel, so to speak, and you're driving people back to somewhere. Now, if you are doing a blog on a website, then you've got this covered already. So the idea is that if you post into Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or YouTube or whatever, you don't own those channels, so you can't track who is viewing your content very easily in those channels. However, if you instead give them a taster of the content on your your main channel YouTube's the probably the, the, the slight different to this because we actually produce the full episodes on YouTube as well. but if we say in, in uh, Facebook or in LinkedIn or in t- uh, Twitter or Instagram, we put a taster out there and with a link to then direct them back to a web page we set up for the piece of content. So if you're doing a blog, you'll have a blog. Great. but if you're doing a podcast or if you're doing a video or if you're doing um, some other type of medium, then you're putting it out there. If you put that onto a blog page on your website, you can then track the traffic that goes there. You can see how successful each of your posts is. So you can know, you know, what is your audience warming to? What do they find useful? What are they engaging with? Depends how your software is set up, but you can actually track how long people spend reading your content as well. How long they are on your blogs, how long they are spending on your pages. That's really insightful to know which types of content people are actually engaging with. And, um, and 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 not just like skipping on and skipping off. Um, so we use a tool called StoryChief to help us with our publishing across lots of different channels. Other ones are Hootsuite or a SEMrush you can use as well. Um, and they allow you to basically do an organization uh, of your campaigns or your your posting and schedule things out, which makes life a lot easier as well. Um so the other, th- other angle to and where we sort of stepped up from just sort of emulating what other people are doing and just sort of hoping for the best is to actually invest in some training. So um, once you've got this going, once you're, you're, you've got your you know, initial channel set up and now you're thinking how to actually increase my organic traffic even more, then you want to be starting thinking about things like SEO, so search engine optimization. And again, that's not something I know really anything about. So we first of all invested in um, plugins. We use WordPress. So we invested a plugin called Yoast. Um, There's other tools like SEMrush you can use if you're not using WordPress. And actually your own website might have some SEO tools already built in. You may be able to add them to them. And it'll basically, read your site and tell you hints and tips on how you can improve the SEO and hopefully get your search rankings up. So those are good tools to invest in or apps to invest in. Um, but also you can invest in courses. So we've got co- we, I've got courses uh, by like Rob Moore, by uh, Russell Bronson, by Peng June, by R- R- uh, Rachel Miller. Um, all those people um, produce brilliant content, uh, which we basically then get my virtual assistant to go through and then implement what they've learned to actually improve our own uh, strategy. Or you could follow people like Neil Patel who shares mountains of stuff for free on his YouTube channel about how you actually uh, do this kind kind of thing. Um, so, and th- this is a critical step. I'm, I've mentioned this along the way, but just before I finish, everything you do, everything your virtual assistant is doing for you, you need to get them to document this. So map out. You know, we are a process pipelines uh, system, as I mentioned before. This is basically about creating a, a, a process map for what you do, mapping that into your, your task management software, and then delegating work out in that way so you can manage the work that's being done. So And also, if somebody leaves, then you've got that ability to delegate that work to somebody else. Getting your staff to document everything they do, record videos of everything they do, and getting that all It locked into your system means you've locked that knowledge in there. And so you're not left high and dry if that person leaves the company. And so therefore you are building value into your company as you are going through this process. Um, The big take-homes really for this episode before I finish are, first of all, get started. Start slow, start on one channel and build that up before you move on to the next one. So you don't get overwhelmed and you actually get something finished, get it automated, so to speak, even if a virtual assistant is doing it for you and then move on to the next thing or build the next thing out. Get a web page up as soon as you can to start a blog, a website up if you haven't already got one, and put the content onto a blog and then direct traffic there so you can start then do things, that, things like um, pixelating people or pixeling, adding pixels to people, uh, retargeting them, and all the rest of it. All that fun jazz when you get into your marketing a bit more. Um, and make sure you document every single thing you do. And lastly, emulate the people that you want to emulate, as in the people, the influencers that you know, like, and trust, or that you just respect the content they produce, and get your staff to basically copy, and in invert commas, but without actually plagiarizing, just using the structure, using the style, using the tone, using the video editing style, whatever, to just give them a, uh, a blueprint, to a copy, um, but then apply your own content to it. Don't Try and plagiarize content and pass off with your own. Of course, this is about using their style and using their, 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 what the hard work they've done, the research they've done into building up your, um, uh, their knowledge and their, uh, channels. And then you're basically just borrowing that by then applying it to your own. And that's it. That's how I have built up a strong following of my podcast. I have hundreds of posts going out each month, all using a virtual assistant who had no previous experience of doing any social media. I think we have a very high quality content. I'm very proud of what we've done. Obviously we could improve it and we will do as time goes forward. But um, from the way we've done this has been building up slowly over time using all the tricks and techniques as I talked about today. And um, yeah, just all I can say is get started soon. It takes time to build up um, following on whatever channel you're on. And the sooner you get started with this and the more consistent you are doing this, and the more you don't do it yourself because otherwise it doesn't get done when you go on holiday or when you're sick or when you're busy. So you get someone else to do it um, as soon as you possibly can. That is how you build your audience and start growing your social media following by using a virtual assistant. Hope you enjoyed today. If you have, please leave us a rating. Five stars is always fantastic if you feel it was worth it. Give us a review. I read every single review we get and I'd love to get your feedback. And if you're watching this on the live, thank you very much for watching and take care and I'll see you next time. Thank you very much.